Hey everyone, I'm Renee Bennett. Consider me the girl next door, having conversations that will help challenge and shape your worldview in a culture that has turned our moral compass upside down and inside out. To chat with me further, come join me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. No topics are off limits. I'm really glad you're here. Now, on to today's episode. Hello, parents, grandparents, non-parents, anyone listening to Girl Next Door today. Welcome. It's Renee here. I'm really glad to be with you again. Can I just say big shout out to anybody, which is a lot of people that I know who are in lockdown at the moment, particularly New South Wales and Victoria. Guys, my heart goes to all of you. Please, please know that I'm thinking about you constantly and praying for you every morning. I just uh, particularly praying that, um, you know, that you're doing okay. So anyway, you might, um, you might actually really enjoy today's episode. I think some of you are going to get a little bit of a laugh out of this, but I really wanted to do an episode on what to do when your friend's kids are naughty, right? Like, Surely I can't be the only one. (laughs) Um, And obviously, you know, being a pastor, I, you know, have had to spend a lot of time with a lot of different people. And I often come across, um, you know, families with very different values to ours. So I have so much to say about this whole topic of kids and and when they play together. Now, there are two sides to this issue, but I only want to hit up the one side today because the one side is that you know, there's the whole teaching your own child how to play well with other children. Okay. So that's one side, but then there's the very emotionally charged topic of how to deal with situations when it's the other kid that's not playing nicely with yours. And I want to focus on that today because are you guys like me? I'm quite blown away at the number of parents who don't seem to realize that their child is like a little bit naughty or not very nice for other children to play with. Like I watched my kids like an absolute hawk and whenever they were like mean to another child, I dealt with it straight away. Like I was mortified if my kids did anything to another child. So I will definitely talk about how to teach your child to play well on another episode. But today I want to talk about What do you do when other kids are, for want of a better word, how can I say it? Plain out naughty. You get together for a fun play date and the next minute, good times go bad. So this is where the tension lies, right? There is nothing like having kids to put strain on what once was this really lovely friendship, but not only friendships, oh my gosh, guys, it's even harder when it's family, like when, you know, you've got different values and different ways that you raise your children within a family, um, that's always fun times. So you're good friends with someone, you both have kids, you get together, you think it's going to be wonderful and lovely. And it kind of turns out to be maybe more of a nightmare. And what seems worse is that your friend seems to be totally unaware that their child is acting out maybe a little terror. <laughs> What's with that? So there's nothing like having kids, bring ki- bringing kids into like a friendship to unearth a few home truths. There's nothing like having a friend who has a child that, you know, does something mean to your child and it just seems to raise this mighty mama bear within you. 
And, you know, you just wonder how come your friend does not seem to realize that their child is, I I can't even think of the words, but you know, I don't know what's coming to mind, like maybe a bit of a pain, (laughs) horrible to play with. Why do they not seem to notice that their child is not, you know, does things to your child that's just kind of like that you wouldn't allow your child to do back? You know, things like, you know, they just, they push your child over or they snatch their toy from their hand or they hit them or they say mean things or they break their toys or, you know, your child builds a Lego tower and the next thing this child just comes along and smashes it and thinks it's hilarious And then your child just sits there with a trembling lower lip looking at you with imploringly big, cute eyes, wondering what on earth is happening right now. Or, you know, your child perhaps goes over and stays at your friend's place for a few hours. And then when they return to you, they're like a different child. You know, in a matter of hours, your child has taken on every bad behavior of the other child and you're left thinking, where's my kid gone? You know, why aren't parents aware of their kids' behavior? Good question, right? I've been thinking about that. I've probably contemplated this for many years. Like, how can they not see? And, you know, as a teacher, I often wonder, how can parents not know that their child is really doesn't get along very well with other children? I can only guess, um, and here are a few of my conclusions. Maybe they're blind to their kids' behavior because, they really truly do think that the sun always shines out of them. I have taught a lot of children with parents like this. It's like they don't have a realistic grasp of what their child is really like. So I don't know, the whole rose-colored glasses thing, which again, I don't get because I feel like Cameron and I were the opposite. We were the first ones to kind of notice if there was something about our children that needed correcting, but some parents don't seem to notice. Or maybe their child is actually like that all the time and they really, they are at a loss on how to deal with it and they've just kind of given up. They think it's normal. Maybe their standards really are lower or different to yours and maybe they're just too tired to deal with it. That, you know, for whatever reason, anyway, they're some of the ones I can come up with. If you've got some insight, please let me know. (laughs) Maybe you're a psychologist listening you can give me a bit of insight into why is it that some people just seem to be blind to the actual goings on of their of their child. Anyway, regardless of all the reasons, let me share with you how we navigated this. I'm going to give you about six different ways or ideas on how to navigate it. But before I get to that, my very first thing, my very first piece of advice, guys, don't tell them. <laughs> just if that's all you remember taking away, don't confront them. I can promise you that pointing it out to your friend will not help. All it will do is put strain on your friendship. If they can't see right in front of their eyes that their child doesn't play nicely, I can guarantee that they will not appreciate you pointing it out. You could have conversations about anything else in life except that. There is something about mums being very closed and defensive to any sort of criticism, no matter how well-intentioned when it comes to their parenting. And I can also guarantee that you saying something will most likely not make them change anyway. People will only change if they already recognize that there is an issue or a problem and then ask for help. So if your friend recognizes it 
and they and they say something, then that is a fantastic inroad to have a conversation, but I would still have it with great sensitivity. So all you can hope for is that they notice the difference between their child and your child, and they either observe your parenting or they actually ask for help. But in my experience, people don't actually want the help. Unless they ask for it, they don't want it offered. You know, I often hear mums whinging, usually it's on Facebook, (laughs) about their toddlers not sleeping through the night and, you know, their kids usually 12 months plus. And every now and then I'll hop into someone's DM and I'm like, hey, I can actually help you with that. And then every now and then someone will reply and be like, please help me. And they listen. And then literally they'll always come back to me and go, oh my gosh, that was incredible advice. But most of the time people think they know better. They, they, you know, literally I'll hear crickets, nothing. And if that's the case, I'm like, no worries. If you are happy, don't whinge then. Don't whinge. I'm trying to help you to help your child to sleep through the night because you're obviously exhausted and tired and whinging. So, you know, but if people don't want help, don't offer it. And my thing was, I don't want to ruin a good friendship, you know? So I decided that when this would happen, I would always extend grace while, this is the key, this is the key, while still putting up a few discreet boundaries. Now, yes, I said the word boundaries, but notice I prefaced it with the word discreet. I put up boundaries where the other person did not even realize I was putting up boundaries because I didn't want to offend. So now, how do we do that? Now, believe me, I actually experienced this a lot, and I think it's because we were really strict on our children. So we found that a lot of the time, they were the ones that were, I don't know, maybe I've got the rose-colored glasses, but I'm pretty sure that my kids were pretty well-behaved, and usually they were at the receiving end of other children who hadn't been taught to play nicely. Now, I'm pretty sure it's not just me saying that. I cannot tell you the number of times I would pick my kids up from kids' church and Cameron and I would be told over and over, your kids are the best behaved kids in the whole of kids' church. Like that was a regular kind of occurrence. I was like, yeah, okay, we are pretty strict on our kids. All right, so what can you do? So here are about five or six things that you can do to put up some discreet boundaries. The first one is minimize the time that your children and their children spend together. Alrighty. So just minimize the time. So keep the play dates to, you know, a couple of hours. Don't plan outings with those people that are going to take all day, because if you minimize the time, you're less likely to get frustrated and there's less opportunity for something to go wrong. So small doses is much easier to cope with. Um, probably don't holiday with people, with friends where there's going to be constant frustration like that either. Or if you do, you know, make sure that you kind of stay in separate, you know, places. And again, you can just kind of control how much time they're together. So minimize the time. Secondly, I always control the environment. So what I mean by that is I often found it was better to meet somewhere else other than a home. So I would suggest let's go meet outdoors, you know, or in a cafe, or let's go meet in a playground. 
because this way I could also control when I came and went. So if things were getting a bit heated and I could see that between the children, I might be like, okay, we'll just, you know, we'll leave a little bit earlier. But I would never say why, by the way, because I my aim was I never wanted to offend my friends. So my friends would have never known. Um, so I also found other children if they came to my house, often broke toys and broke things that my kids looked after. And I I don't think that that is fair. It's not fair on our kids if they've taken care of their things for someone else to come in and break them. And that's okay for us to set that boundary on behalf of our kids. Let me tell you a bit of a story. Years ago, I had a friend come over. My children were a bit older at this stage. So I had a shelf in my lounge room and down the bottom, I kind of had all these special books that my kids loved reading. So they were, they're a bit older, but they were still young enough that they loved pulling out these books and it was all their favorite books. And this mum didn't discipline her child at all, like at all. So she let her child eat while wandering all around my house. I literally had to do a spring clean when they left. This child walked over my lounge with their shoes on, um, The worst thing though, was this child got to my bookshelf, pulled all the books out and then ripped a lot of them, ripped the pages. Now these were sentimental to me and really precious to my kids as well. I was so mad. I was so mad. The mum didn't even apologize. It was, it was just kind of, Oh, oops, a daisy. I was like, no, um, I never invited her to my house again, but she would never know. I loved her to bits, but I only ever met in a cafe. So in my mind, if you can't control your child and you can't have your child come to my house without destroying things, you don't get the privilege of coming to my house. That is not a bad boundary to set. But again, no one would have a clue that I would have done that. But I, after that, was just really careful about um, about where we met. Okay, so control the time, control the environment. Number three, empower your child. You can even empower a young child. How do we do this? Well, firstly, validate your child by acknowledging that sometimes they do get upset. So yes, sweetheart, sometimes Sarah, let's just use the name Sarah. Sometimes Sarah doesn't play nicely and I can see that's upsetting for you, but then give your child a few strategies so you can teach them to stick up for themselves. Teach your child to give their friend firm eye contact and say to your friend, no, no, Sarah, stop. And if they don't stop, then say to your child, you leave the situation and come and find mummy. And that's what I'd always say to my kids. I'd say, don't, don't react back. Don't hit back. Come straight to mummy. Now that is not dibber dobbing. Okay. Your child needs to know they have a safe place in that situation because you are their advocate. All right. So you teach them don't. So firstly, firstly, stick up for yourself then don't react. Come to mum. And the other thing that you can teach them is that they can still be kind while being firm. Okay. So that is all very empowering things to teach your child. So give them some strategies. Number four, this is something you can do. And maybe I was good at this because I'm a teacher, but use verbal instructions to both children to set the tone of the behavior that's acceptable. I did this a lot. So I remember when Georgia was about 18 months old and she was always a really gentle, kind little soul. And she just never hurt anyone ever. And she was never nasty, but there was one little little girl that we were with a lot. And it was a situation that we kind of, you know, couldn't avoid. 
And her mom, again, had very different parenting values to us. And she let her daughter get away with a lot while I used to, Cameron and I were very careful to use all different situations to teach Georgia, um, you know, like a moral lesson. Anyway, this particular day, the girls were playing and this other little girl grabbed a drinking, like a drink coaster off of the table and whacked Georgia really hard on the head. I'm telling you, every bit of mama bear rose up within me. I was so flipping furious. I wanted to grab that child myself and discipline that child. Georgia was sobbing and sobbing and looking at me like what just happened. And then meanwhile, the other girl was looking like, what's the big deal? Now, if the tables were turned, I would have absolutely taken Georgia out for for a consequence and then made her come back in and apologize. But this did not happen. In fact, I don't remember the mum doing much at all other than, oh, so-and-so, what did you do that for? Now, maybe this is the teacher in me, but I would often do this and it really did help. I addressed both girls by using inclusive we language, but really I was aiming my words at the other little girl that had just hit my child with a coaster. So I would say things, and it really helps when you use a soothing teacher voice because it doesn't feel mean, but it's still being very firm. So I would say to both girls, my goodness, that's not how we play. We don't hit each other with things, do we? Now that made Georgia look at me like, that's right, mummy. And then it made the other child go, oh, oh, oops. Okay. So that's not acceptable. So win-win, right? Because Georgia didn't feel like I was telling her off, but the other child knew loud and clear that is not acceptable. So I'm sending a message to the other girl. And hopefully if her mum was listening, I I hope that the message went to her mum. I don't think it did. Um, But I would often even direct an apology um, after, after that, if I was game, like I would say, goodness me, I think you need to say sorry to Georgia for that. So you can hear how my voice just sounds like it doesn't sound like I'm being really mean, like, hey, you, what did, how dare you? Would you do that? Say sorry to Georgia. It's just I'm, I'm using this inclusive language, like using the word we so that I'm not singling them out and I'm leading them to an apology. Okay, so give verbal instructions to both kids. It really helps. Number five, and I've got one more. After, actually, I've got two more. I've got a funny one to finish off on. Number five, use... Use it to teach a moral lesson to your child. So when other children don't play in a way that's according to your values, use all of this stuff to teach your child a moral lesson. So we would use it to reinforce with our children what our family values are. So we would say things like, we love our friends very much, but sometimes their mummy and daddy have different rules to us. And we have our rules because in our family, it's really important that we treat each other nicely. So we would use it to enforce what our family values are. And we would enforce things like kindness. Um, You know, and we would say things like, remember, we don't repay an unkindness with an unkindness. So we got to then, with our children, maintain our values while still putting up boundaries. Okay. So use these things to teach your children. You know, have those conversations in the car on the way home. You know, I saw that Sarah knocked your, knocked your sandcastle over today. Did that make you feel sad? And of course, yes, it would make them feel sad and then talk to them about it. Go, that wasn't very nice, was it? And that's why we don't do things like that to other children. And so you use it to teach a lesson. Number six, 
Guys, I'm telling you, this is why you don't want to just avoid the situation or avoid your friends, because it is actually a great preparation for your children for real life. Because in reality, your child is not going to like everyone at school and you're not always going to be there to help them sort the situation out. And then as they get older or in kids' church, they're not going to get along with everyone at church. And then when they're young adults, they're not always going to like people in their workplace. So there are so many skills that you can um, teach your child using these situations that are going to help them later in life. It's building their resilience, their social resilience, their relational resilience. So I watch my kids now and you know, they're, they're liked by probably most people. And I think one of the reasons is that they really, they genuinely do get along with most people, but hear me clearly, they don't necessarily agree with the way that a lot of people around them might behave. My kids can't stand selfishness. They can't stand moodiness. They don't like drama because we've raised them, um, that that's not a part of our family values, but what they strive to do is to get along with everyone, but reserve their hearts and their close friendships with those who have the same values as them. So I do, I watch my kids and I'm like, they're pretty much everyone's friend. They will get along with everyone, but they really reserve their close, their their hearts and their dear friends. Probably they could count on one hand. So they do all the things that we spoke about above. Um, We taught them all of those things. And so they've learned now in their friendships just to set up really discreet boundaries with people who perhaps have different values and different behaviors. And those people would never know it. So they remain kind while protecting themselves and their boundaries. So they're the six things, and I've got a good funny one to finish off with, but let me just... um, let me just quickly go through those those five six. I think it was six things again. So, firstly, minimize the time that you spend um, in those situations. Number two, control the environment. You know, don't always do things over at your house. Maybe make sure it's outdoor and neutral territory. Number three, empower your child with strategies on how to deal with those situations. Number four, you as the parent use verbal instructions to both children using inclusive language like we. We don't do this, do we? My goodness. So you set the tone on what is acceptable. Number five, use these situations to teach your your child's moral heart. You know, I'm all about teaching their heart. And number six, remember, don't always protect and take them away from these situations because it will give them great preparation for real life. And here's my final one. Number seven, send them this podcast, (laughs) right? Send them all of these podcasts, but send them this episode. And just, oh, I've got this really great episode, this really good podcast I want you to listen to. Have a listen to this. There you go. But then again, I've probably just exposed the fact that you've sent it by saying sent it. But they, you know, send them another episode. Send them, send them the next episode I do on how to play nicely with other children. Or send them the ones right at the beginning on first time obedience. They're always winners. Um, 
So there you go. I hope that's helped you today. I know that um, I know that this is an issue because I've had a lot of people write into me about it, and it's a sensitive issue because we want to stay, you know, close to our friends, and we don't want these things to affect our friendship, and so they don't have to. You can just be really smart about it, and um, it does get easier as the kids get a bit older, anyway. So guys, look after yourself and uh, make sure you come by and have a listen on Wednesday. I think I'm going to do maybe my last episode on, um, we've been talking about how to rebuild a biblical sexual ethic in today's culture. So it's really kind of fun times. Good things to know as a parent too. So come along and listen. Have a good one, guys. Bye.